0: The Outline, World Dispatch. Wednesday, May 10th, 2017. I'm Jeffy Haza, and today on The Dispatch, we have Jake Petrie on the new movie, The Circle. A
1: Facebook, Google-esque, omniscient tech company in the near future. Laura June on Peppa
0: Pig.
2: YouTube has a fake Peppa Pig problem.
0: And Adrian Jeffries on a very creepy app.
3: It updates with crimes that are happening nearby.
0: Here's the dispatch. Culture. So I'm here with Jake Petrie, a freelance writer who just wrote a story for us about the new film, The Circle. Hey, Jake. Hey. So, to get things started, you know, what is this movie about? I know it's based on a book, but what's the general synopsis of the movie?
1: So basically, it's about um, this young woman, May Holland, who's played by Emma Watson. Uh, she has a really weird American accent in this movie, but <laughs> um, so she joins this company called The Circle, which is a Facebook, Google esque, um, you know, omniscient tech company in the near future. Um, and basically she starts out at the low end of the food chain there and she kind of works her way up through the movie and ends up becoming basically their figurehead by the end.
0: So I'm vaguely familiar with the book and I know I'm reading critics reviews all over the internet and all over the papers and it seems like no one liked this movie. Yeah. What, what what happened? Like how bad is it?
1: Um, I think there's two main things. One is kind of like which is just a larger trend I've noticed about um, any movie or TV show that tries to depict, um, you know, how we live now through social media or the Internet just always feels wrong. Somehow, something just feels off about how it's doing it. And I think the circle has just kind of ended up being the epitome of that Um and I think also part of the problem is um, some of the changes that they've made in this film um, that I didn't really get to uh, go into in my piece. But basically in the book, I think it's done a lot better um, because uh, in the end, you know, she kind of just becomes assimilated into the company and just accepts uh, the total loss of privacy as being the future we want um, and kind of betrays the whole you know redemption or uh, rebellion arc uh, that the movie tries to do. Um, where she ends up becoming the head of the company in the movie. um, And you're kind of left feeling like, oh, she's going to turn it around somehow, maybe. So,
0: you know, in thinking about how these films depict our social media lives of the current moment, you know, what are Mm -hmm. some of the weird and like exaggerated or maybe not taken into account enough elements of the movie?
1: Right. So I think especially with the popularity of something like Black Mirror, there, there's often this kind of dystopia that's presented where, you know, there's kind of this Luddite aversion to um, the near future or the current, you know, tech climate that we live in. And it ends up just coming off as, I think, didactic in some way where we're feeling like we can, we can look at these things like the circle and Black Mirror, and we can feel comfortable that if our future gets to that point, we would fight back and resist. Um, and I think that it's pretty clear from where we sit now that we're not doing that because a lot of these things are happening right now, and we're aware of it, and we participate in it, and it's fine. So. I think that a lot of these movies and TV shows aren't really confronting that with any kind of nuance. They just kind of want to scare us and um, then let us feel like we would do the same thing in the situation where we would rebel against that kind of control. Hmm. We are going
0: through a lot of invasions of privacy right now. There are a lot of expanding powers at tech companies. And Mm -hmm. we certainly, you know, our lives are fine and we certainly shouldn't be panicking per se about it. But I do think, there probably is room for good representations of just how sort of anxious things sort of feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's part of why this, like the circle is so frustrating, because a lot of these anxieties are totally legitimate. And these are things that we should be thinking about and be, and we should be anxious about them. But a lot of the times, there's not that kind of subtlety that you get in a TV show like Silicon Valley, mm. um, which has the added benefit of being a comedy. But uh, it it really does a good job of using um, these kind of dichotomies between, you know, the um, the dreams of the tech future and also how it's controlled by, you know, different forms of capitalism and
0: all that kind of thing. So before we go, if you had to give the film The Circle a grade, what would you give it?
1: Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I think I would probably give it like a C minus if, if we were or, or like two out of five stars or something like that, because I think it is asking, you know, worthwhile questions. But I think that it's just weird that a lot of it feels dated already. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Jake. <laughs> No problem, thank you. Culture.
2: A few months ago, around the time my kid turned three, she started to watch videos on an iPad in the mornings while I got dressed. Though I wasn't always standing over her shoulder watching with her, I'm always hyper-aware of what she's doing, because YouTube is a hell world. Peppa Pig is an innocuous, incredibly popular British animated show for preschoolers about a pink pig, Peppa, and her family. I'm Peppa
1: Pig. This is my little brother George. This is Mummy Pig. And this is Daddy Pig.
2: (laughs) Although YouTube is not the primary destination for Peppa consumption, it's the quickest and sometimes the easiest way to watch if you're just looking for a few minutes of the show. The YouTube Kids app does filter the videos to try to ensure it's kid-friendly, but it's also automated. So things like faux Peppa Pig sneak in quite easily. Parents still need to watch over their kids, especially once the app begins to suggest other videos in the panel beneath whatever is being watched currently, because what is suggested is often very bad. I had to pull the iPad away from my daughter after she pressed play on this one. The video, titled Hashtag Peppa, Hashtag Pig, Hashtag Dentist, Hashtag Kids, Hashtag Animation, Hashtag Fantasy, is completely horrifying. Though the animation sort of looks like an actual episode of Peppa Pig, it's poorly done and the narrative quickly veers into upsetting territory. Peppa goes to the dentist, who has a giant needle and a lot of scary tools. The pigs are mysteriously forest green rather than pink. Burglars appear to try to burgle. Peppa Pig is a show for preschoolers. Knock off Peppa Pig is the stuff of nightmares. The weird thing, of course, is that my daughter, who again, is three, is a perfect audience for this kind of copyright infringement, specifically because she doesn't know that this is not really Peppa. She's fooled in exactly the way that whoever made this wanted her to be. My recourse, naturally, is to report the videos. And to be clear, these videos do seem to be made to confuse children, meaning that kids are somehow, inexplicably, their target audience. The maker of the Peppa Pig Goes to the Dentist knockoff video is Baby Funny TV, a channel with nearly 2 million views and tons of so called parody videos. The fact that 3 year olds don't get parody doesn't matter, it's false advertising in the truest sense a confusing, vague use of adored characters to sell to the easiest marks. And though I'm not arguing that it's solely YouTube's job to filter out this junk, I am recognizing an interesting reality about brands. Peppa Pig is a known entity. Though I usually watch the episodes with my daughter, I don't have to hang on every word in case something upsetting happens, because nothing upsetting ever happens. But when you strip away that safety down in the muck and mystery of YouTube's open platform, these brands become something much more sinister. A crass play for money where related content is the lazy work of some unknown animator with enough knowledge of SEO gaming and Microsoft Paint to be dangerous, or at least extremely annoying. And then I'm reminded again of why I didn't let her watch TV until she was two years old.
0: The future. I'm here with Adrian Jeffries, a senior editor here at The Outline, and she's got an update about a very bizarre app called Citizen.
3: Yeah, so we've been writing about this app for a while, basically since it first launched when it was called Vigilante. I don't know if you remember this, Jeff.
0: I remember Vigilante. It was
3: a very bad name for an app, and what the app <laughs> does basically is it updates with crimes that are happening nearby, and it gets that information from 911 calls so you'll see something like teens rob a novelty store or mm. woman on top of roof, Whoa. just kind of the everyday crimes that you see in the city. And it's only available in New York City right now. And what the app wants you to do is go up to the crime and start live streaming it from your phone.
0: That is very dangerous, I presume.
3: Yeah. So that was the, crit- the criticism for the first version of the app, Vigilante. And they took that criticism a little bit and rebranded and started calling it Citizen and they leaned back a lot from the initial message which was like be a superhero mm-hmm. go rescue someone who is being robbed or whatever fantasy was in the the minds of the creators and now it's called Citizen and now it's just like about kind of a neighborhood watch vibe and it's like be aware of where crimes are happening and one thing they did that we thought was interesting was this new feature that is basically a complete ripoff of Instagram or Snapchat stories. Wow. so now they're they're taking these crimes, the video of these crimes that their users are taking. and a lot of these users are paid by vigilant, sorry by citizen, <laughs> to take video so that they'll have content in the app. And uh, they're taking these these videos and repackaging them with subtitles and turning them into little mini news stories.
0: Police have a person of interest in custody at the hospital. The NYPD's emergency service unit found him with a trail of blood leading to the place where he was found.
3: You go into the app and it's like live trending and you click on one of these stories and then.
0: We're here live. Got a robbery suspect
2: on a tree.
3: You see the video, and you're able to see how many people are watching, and also click on an emoji. That's the and the emoji is like kind of a generic like mouth open face, and it says "Whoa" wow. when you click it, and then it looks like those like the Facebook animation with the emojis like flooding across the screen. Peace
2: Man Cap just used my card to open up the door to save the kid. I opened up the door and saved the kid' life just now. This is Peace Man Cap live on the scene.
3: It just takes this and some of the crimes are pretty gruesome like there was one where a woman was put on fire that i just saw um Wait, the video isn't always up close with that a it's woman usually like on fire yeah like woman on fire inside a building unclear what happened but uh i mean there are nasty crimes that happen in new york where it just felt very this so cliche now but it was like very black mirror
0: because <laughs> as the idea of citizen taking away from the vigilante aspect of like, oh, here's a crime happening. I'm going to go help. And now it's just like, I'll just go watch. watch. Yeah. Oh, so it's kind of like a like a police scanner community. Yes,
3: it's like a police scanner community. And there are lots of apps that are basically police scanners and mm-hmm. um, get 911 call data. And this one is just packaged a little bit more flashily. They got almost a million dollars from Founders Fund, which is Peter Thiel's VC fund, and wow. a couple others. Yeah, I, I think the, the main criticism was, you know, it was encouraging people to get involved in an ongoing crime. Mm-hmm. The NYPD said, we don't like this, please don't do this. <laughs> it was also a, a criticized from a civil rights mm. perspective because if you look in the app, there will be very vague descriptions of people like, man with dreadlocks. Mm. And it just seemed like it would... Really open people up to kind of George Zimmerman territory, and then with this new update, my my reaction is like, I still don't like this, <laughs> and now I have this new feeling about it, which is that it seems like they're they're trying to turn it into some kind of true crime live TV.
0: Wow, true crime live TV for the Snapchat could be a money
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, it seems like I mean I might watch.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Jeff. This concludes the dispatch. I'm Jeffy Haza. Until tomorrow.